Chapter Eleven of the Pony Rider Boys on the Blue Ridge. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Kenneth Sargent Gagan. The Pony Rider Boys on the Blue Ridge by Frank G. Payton. Chapter Eleven: An Interrupted Journey. The yells of the Pony Rider Boys, instead of inducing Chops to stop, only caused him to run faster. Stacy Brown was soon at the tail end of the procession. Tad was in the lead. Ned Rector close upon his heels, with Walter Perkins a good thirty yards behind Ned. "'Stop, you ninny!' shouted Tad. "'Come back here!' "'No, sir!' floated back the voice of the guide. Chops had enough. He was more frightened than ever before in his life. He believed that the fat boy really had the dream and that the trouble was brewing for Billy Veal. Oh, we'll never get him, gasped Rector. Yes, we shall. Get your rope. We'll have him. We'll chase him all night, but we'll land him. Chops! Oh, Chops! Oh, save your breath, jeered Ned. I'm going to. Oh, what I won't do to that guide when I catch him, gritted Tad. Yes, when you do. Butler put on a fresh burst of speed, touching the ground only with his toes as he ran, leaving Ned still far behind. Gracious, I didn't think Tad could sprint like that, gasped Rector. Wait for me, howled Chunky, now far to the rear. The boys got to laughing so heartily at this that Chops gained several rods on them. But Tad quickly closed up the gap and was soon drawing down on Billy Veal at a killing pace. The guide was a good runner, but he didn't have the staying powers possessed by Tad Butler. Tad, no doubt, could have run all night had such a thing been necessary, for he was a strong, healthy boy with not an ounce of extra flesh on his body, and his muscles were the quality of pliant steel. Tad now drew out to one side, and a few minutes later he passed the man they were chasing, though Veal did not know it. The colored man came tearing along, almost at express train speed, when Tad's rope wriggled through the air. The throw was a true one. The loop landed fairly over the head and shoulders of Chops, was drawn taut by the runner himself, and in the next instant Billy Veal stood pivoting on his head on the ground. "'Gracious! I hope he hasn't broken his neck,' cried Tad. I, "'I don't think he would have gone down so heavily as that.' "'Where is he? Where is the guide?' shouted Ned Rector, coming up with a splendid burst of speed and not breathing hard at all. "'Look out, or you'll step on him,' warned Tad. "'Where is he?' repeated Ned. "'Chops is standing on his head.' just ahead of you, behind those bushes. Get a hold of him so I can let up on the rope. With a yell of triumph, Ned threw himself on the colored man, who was too dazed from the shock of his fall to offer much resistance. At this juncture, Walter Perkins came in on a trot, followed after an interval of a minute or so by the shouting, puffing fat boy. You're to blame for this, Chunky, growled Ned, trying to be stern. It strikes me that you're sitting on chops yourself. You surely can't blame me for that, retorted Stacy. Here, you, get up and come back to camp with us, commanded Tad. 
Yes, Chops, the gnomes will get you out here, reminded Stacy. Stop it, you'll have him on the run again, rebuked Tad. Chops looked up, wide-eyed. He's just digging dat, muttered Billy. I done seen him myself. There, what did I tell you? demanded Chunky triumphantly. He seen them himself. Did they have biscuits in their mouths, Chops? Yes, sir. No, sir. He ain't saying nothing tall. But it's just look like that. The guide made big staring eyes, as if peering at something in a world unseen by the rest. Say, quit that. You'll give me the creep soon, declared Ned Rector. Are we going to take him back to camp, or must I sit on him all the rest of the night? Run him up, Ned, nodded Tad, recoiling his rope. If you try to run, Billy, I'll rope you again. Do you want me to rope you some more? Yes, sir, no, sir. Chops was shivering as he got up and started slowly back towards camp, casting apprehensive glances at every bush he passed. A wild yell from the bushes bordering the trail they were following nearly sent the guide off on another sprint. He surely would have run had not Tad grabbed him by the arm and given him a shaking. Daisy Brown, if you do that again, you'll have to answer to the professor. Fun is fun, but the fun's all played out on this affair. Come along here, Billy. Billy was marched into camp, sat down by the fire, and and ordered to remain there till told to get up. The professor tried to assume a stern expression, but the attempt was a failure, finally ending in a chuckle in which Chunky, who had just arrived, joined his familiar ha ha ha. Oh, stop it, commanded Ned. You make me think I'm back along the Missouri mules. What are you going to do with this fellow, professor? I'll tell you what to do with him, spoke up Chunky. Give him a totsy-watsy, in other words, a petrified biscuit, and tuck him into his little crib where the little gnomes can tickle his feet, and he'll be all right after he gets to sleep, suggested the fat boy, without so much a suggestion of a smile on his face. Guide, you must not take the jokes of these young men seriously. They were just fooling them, began the professor. They, you mean Stacy Brown, interrupted Ned. I wasn't fooling anyone. He saw them himself. Didn't you see the gnome sitting on the rock, Chops? And didn't they make faces at you because you were running away? persisted the fat boy. Billy nodded weakly, moistening his lips with his tongue and swallowing a lump in his throat. Such a hopeless expression of fright appeared on his face that the boys, unable to contain their mirth longer, uttered shouts of laughter in which the dignified professor joined in, too. "'You see, I told you so,' nodded Stacy. "'Young man, I shall have to ask you to cease playing pranks on the guide. We can ill afford to be without a guide in this wilderness of trees and rocks.' "'A guide?' laughed Tad. "'Yes, a guide.' "'Too bad we haven't had one,' muttered Stacy. "'It is to you. I am speaking, Master Stacy. You must not tantalize Billy. Let him alone.' Have I your promise that you will do so? If I promise, I have to, don't I? questioned the fat boy. Certainly you do. Then I guess I won't promise, he replied after a brief reflection. The professor gave it up with a shrug of his shoulders. He asked the guide if they should tie him up for the night, or would he lie down and behave himself. Billy decided that he would prefer the latter, 
so they left it that way chops was then permitted to return to his duties getting the camp to rights for the night but it was observed that he gave a nervous little jump every time he heard an unusual sound i'll bet he sees more than a black cat in his sleep tonight tad confided to rector i don't care what he sees so long as he doesn't snore and i give you due notice that if chunky persists in snoring as he has been doing lately either he or i will have to sleep out in the bushes out of sound of the camp why tad i'm on the verge of a nervous prostration from loss of sleep declared ned <laughs> you surely look it too replied tad with a grin if stacy chases chops out of camp again i am quite positive that it will be stacy brown who will sleep in the bushes resumed ned in a tone of voice loud enough for stacy to hear not so that anyone will take notice he won't call back the fat boy the night passed uneventfully on the morrow bright and early the party continued their journey into the heart of the mountains that day being saturday according to their usual practice the pony riders went into camp to remain till monday morning this also gave the ponies a much-needed rest for the weekend stay the tents were pitched in a deep somber canyon that reminded the boys of bright angel gulch in the grand canyon where they had encountered so many exciting experiences it was near the middle of the forenoon on sunday when a stranger walked into camp moving in long determined strides in the crook of his right arm he carried a rifle the boys greeted the newcomer pleasantly at the same time offering him the hospitality of a coffee i don't want no coffee grunted the stranger with a reckless disregard for the english language i want a heap sight more of you though first may i ask who you are questioned tad butler i'm not here to answer questions i'll reckon you'll have to answer some instead let's have the questions then smiled tad but if you want to answer questions why should you expect us to because i'm an officer and i'm here on business business what business blurted stacy jumping up are you after chops well, more likely i'm after all of you rejoined the stranger but that depends if you were an officer i wish you would happen along a couple of days ago said tad we had a lot of trouble with the imitation bad man smoky griffin know him no i'm not that kind of officer he's a corporal in the house guards yes chunky my man broke in professor zeppelin with extreme dignity will you be good enough to explain just what your business is yes i'm a government officer and i've come to give you notice to quit and write smart at that it's your move and you'll have to get up and dust out of these parts if you don't i'll lock you up in jail to start with then after you waited a few months for the court to sit you'll find that you have worse medicine to take is that plain enough i i don't understand your attitude stammered professor zeppelin maybe this will mean something to you said the newcomer holding up a furry object what is it looks like the paw of a black cat that i dreamed i saw chasing the three-legged rat through the field of red clover declared stacy tad motioned to the fat boy to be silent is it deer's foot isn't it he asked you guessed it young man thought came to some of them that perhaps they had a crazy man to deal with 
the professor decided to humor their caller very interesting very interesting he nodded you shot him huh i did not no then i do not understand what particular interest attaches to the foot i reckon you would if you wanted to you've seen it before grunted the man i beg to differ with you i have not seen a deer foot let alone the animal belonging to it in some months why do you insist upon this because one of your party shot the deer you got deer inside of you at this particular minute and stacy rubbed his stomach and rolled his eyes i wish i had murmured the fat boy now just what do you want to say to us demanded the professor considerably irritated now you have to get off this ridge right quick or it'll be the worse for you announced the stranger in a commanding voice end of chapter eleven recording by kenneth sergeant gagan